the week before I made first profession, my grandfather died, and I was allowed to go to the funeral. And uh, because I got back late at night, two nights before first profession, I gave my list of names to the novice master who took them into the abbot. He came back within about 10 minutes and said, you're probably the first monk in the history of our Archabbey to receive his name from the abbot in his PJs. You're listening to Echoes from the Bell Tower, stories of wit and wisdom from Benedictine monks who live, work, and pray in southern Indiana. We're your hosts, Brother Joel. And I'm Brother Colby. Way back in 2016, when our podcast was just beginning, we created an episode about monastic names. It's actually the third episode we ever released. Recently, an article was written for the On the Hill newsletter about monastic names, and we decided to create a part two to that episode from 2016. If you haven't heard our first episode on monastic names, we suggest you go back and give it a listen. It's number three, titled, What's Behind a Monk's Name? in Apple Podcasts or at stmeinrad.edu slash echoes. What's behind a monk's name? Well, here's a quick recap. At St. Meinrad, we follow the Swiss tradition of a monk taking a new name at first profession. Other religious orders take a new name when the person enters as a novice, and then other religious orders don't change their name at all. At St. Meinrad, there are a couple of rules about the name a monk can take. The week before the profession, the monk making vows submits three names to the abbot. The names have to be based off a saint, either from church history, monastic tradition, or an Old Testament figure. In the monastery, there can only be one person with a name at a time. So until I die, or leave the community, I'm the only Brother Colby. And I'm the only Brother Joel. After the abbot receives the three names, he meets with the monk to discuss the choices. Here's Father Mateo. He made his first profession in August, and is the most recent monk to take a new name. Well, it's very interesting when I met with the abbot, he says, do you have your three choices? And said, here they are. What did you tell me about it? So I was like, okay, I'm holding the paper. I was like, okay, I'm going to tell the story. And it's quite interesting because obviously the only choice that I had that had a story behind it was my first choice, Matteo. So even in the conversation, you could tell, I could tell that the choice was a little skewed. You know, I was basically begging for, for Matteo. Father Matteo submitted the names Matteo, Pio, and Quintin to the abbot. Matteo was the only name that had any significance to him. The other two were simply names he liked. You'll hear the story behind his name later in this episode. And so Father Abbot at the end of the meeting said, would you like to have the name Mateo? And when he asked me that, I was waiting for like, your name is going to be Mateo. When he asked, would you like to have Mateo as your name? I was like, this gets to be my choice. <laughs> and, and so they're like, why don't you choose? So that I could blame you if I didn't like it, you know? And I said, yes, please. And so that's how I got the name Mateo. After receiving the name, it is then kept a secret until the first profession ceremony, when the monk announces his new name to the community. Abbot Kurt explains. Oh, that's part of the custom of the house. 
There's, uh, there's always some excitement when a monk is making his first profession. And uh, part of that very human excitement is, what, what's the new name going to be? What are we going to be calling you for the rest of your life? In a certain sense, it's like, you know, wrapping the gift box or so, just getting ready for the celebration, and it heightens the, uh, the, the festivities a bit. When I made my profession, uh, everyone was waiting with bated breath to kind of know what my name is. And so nobody except probably the, the abbot and Brother Martin, who helped me with my vow chart, knew what my name was going to be. Um, and so I milked the, the moment and slowed down, you know, uh, uh, I, Father, and you could, I could tell the look on everyone's face. It's like, say it now, say it now, Mateo. And as soon as I said, it's like, okay, <laughs> they moved on. Uh, but it was, it was amazing because at the same time that I was saying my new name, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe that's me now. You know, um, it, it was just so surreal that from that moment on, that was going to be the name. Now you know how a monk receives his name at St. Meinrad. But why do we take new names? Well, taking a new name is biblical. We see Abram become Abraham, Simon becomes Peter, and Saul becomes Paul. In the Bible, that change of name signifies a new life in Christ. Here's Father Christian. As a monk enters the monastery or as part of their becoming a monk, they get this new name, and it, and it symbolizes a new life that they're taking on. And I think it also is reflective of the idea also in the Bible that those names are often connected with missions. And so Peter gets that name as he's getting a kind of calling, not just to know Christ, but to do something for Christ, a, a new life of service. And uh, with Paul, it's, it's similar. And so with the monk taking a new name, it's both having a new life and a new mission or new vocation. When you enter the monastery, you get a shared identity as a monk. We all wear the same monastic habit, the black clothes you see us wearing, and follow the same daily prayer and work schedule. Since names cannot be repeated, taking a new name gives us a specific identity within the monastic community. John Paul II talked about everybody having a vocation within their vocation. And so we have a common vocation as monks, but then we all have something kind of particular about us that, you know, we really are hoping to strive for and fulfill in our particular sense of identity and mission. The name a monk takes often symbolizes the kind of ideal the monk is striving for. As we mentioned earlier, the names are also names of patron saints. So the saint is sometimes someone the monk looks up to or someone they'd like to imitate. One of the things I like to do when I'm in choir is if I'm there early, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of waiting for our common prayer to start, uh, I'll sometimes look around the choir and think about who each person's patron saint is and like say a quick prayer to that patron saint for that person or for the whole community. So we get this kind of image of the communion of saints 
by having all these people gathered in the choir, each one named for a different patron. And that inspires us to call on those saints and ask for their intercession. It's kind of one of the standard humor things in the monastery that we suggest to uh, novices what their name should be. And it's usually some outlandish name. For example, uh, it was suggested when I was finishing the novitiate, several people suggested I should take the name Shadrach so that I could be Shadrach Stasiak. Uh, Shadrach's one of those Old Testament names. Um, that, that was clever and humorous, but it, and it had a certain ring to it, but it didn't appeal to me much. Here's Father Harry. I would always encourage people to take kind of more basic, straightforward names like Harry so that uh, you ended up with a kind of a basic name. That said, there are certainly some, some lovely monastic names that people can carry well. So Father Garrick's name is not a particularly common name, but... Uh, it suits him so well. And there are a few of those kinds of names at the moment that are open in the community. Aiden would be one a nice monastic name. Cuthbert is open, but I don't know that anybody, you'd have to have a strong personality to, uh, to take a name like Cuthbert and to uh, bring it off, I'd say. Over the years, a lot of religious orders gave up the tradition of taking new names, like Cuthbert and Eden. But it's one of the traditions I hope we continue at St. Minard. Here's Brother Francis. It's very particular to the monastic way of life, to the Benedictine way of life. Um, it's just one of our uh, traditions that we've held on to. It's just like we ring the bells manually. Uh, a lot of monasteries don't do that anymore either. Um, but it's, it's something that... Uh, it's good, I think. It, it signifies to to us um, that you know we're striving for something more than than uh, what we are right now. Now that you know how and why we take new names at Saint Minerid, we have a couple of stories to share with you. Let's start with Archbishop Kurt. He was named Walter before joining the monastery. Monks have all kinds of reason for the names they choose. For some, it's a favorite saint, or the name ties to the family history or heritage. Others just like the name. That was pretty much my case. Uh, there, there isn't a Saint Kurt, really. I chose the name because I wanted to do something that would carry on the German background from which I came. And also, in a, in a very human sense, uh, two important people in my life were named Kurt. And so that was, that was the reason I, wanted to, I chose that name. Abbot Kurt found the name he wanted first and then he had to find a patron saint. So when I was coming up to first profession, I was in a mad scramble to find how I could suggest uh, th that Kurt was actually the name of a saint. And I finally found in one of these baby books um, that the patron saint of those named Kurt was Constantine, who was a figure in the early church who uh, he and seven or eight of his followers were being persecuted for being Christians, and they went and hid themselves in a cave. And they, their persecutors found them, sealed the cave up, and lo and behold, 
two or three hundred years later, when other people discovered the cave, these people were still alive. So in the tradition of the early church, they were some of the early witnesses to Christians' belief in the resurrection. Father Dennis Robinson chose his name for two reasons. First was because it's related to his baptismal name, Sidney. And second, because he had a great devotion to St. Dennis, who was the first bishop of Paris. He also has a very interesting story in that uh, he was a martyr and he was beheaded. And according to the story, after his uh, martyrdom and his being beheaded, he rose, picked up his head and walked with it for about 12 miles and then finally lay down uh, and, and was buried at what is today the Abbey of St. Denis uh, in Paris. Father Denis has visited the Abbey of St. Denis and says over the years the thing he's learned most from his patron saint is perseverance. I mean, a- anybody that gets beheaded and just picks up his head and keeps going uh, is, is a kind of patron of perseverance. And if you have a really bad day, I can remember my patron and think, yeah, he had worse days than me, probably. And it helps you to keep going. And, you know, it also, even though, of course, it's a very spiritual ideal, it also provides a little bit of comic relief in many ways. And that's another thing I found very helpful in not only my uh, monastic life, but in uh, the world uh, in which we live. If you you can't laugh a little bit, uh, you're probably lost. Some monks at St. Meinrad don't change their name at all. When submitting names to the abbot, there's always the option to submit the name you already have, as long as no other monk in the monastery has that name and you can find a patron saint. That's what Father Harry did. I joined the monastery in 1971, and so during my novitiate year, I thought that I would change my name, and I had kind of picked out Aaron. And it was a a good name, but the closer I I got to the time of really choosing the name, the less, I don't know, perhaps the less I thought I was interested in changing my life the way that you're supposed to. But in any case, I decided that I would put down, at least first, I would put down Harry, which is the name that I have from my father. And so it's my name, but it's also my father's name. And uh, I sometimes tell the story that uh, when I was trying to figure out what name to take, that I was torn between Harry and Ephrahat. And uh, that I finally figured out that if I got into a low-class bar and people couldn't relate to me and I told them that my name was Afrahat, they would be sure it was my problem. But if they couldn't relate to me and I told them my name was Harry, they would be sure it was their problem. They couldn't relate to me because Harry is about as basic an English name as you can possibly get. At first profession, a monk goes from being novice so-and-so to brother so-and-so. Even though Father Harry didn't change his name, that change from novice to brother made a difference for him. You know, up until that point, I was novice Harry. And what I remember after that point is being brother Harry. Uh, And so that word brother kind of gave me my place in the community. And so even though I had not changed my name 
uh, it had changed by the addition of that title, and uh, I somehow felt more at home and felt that I was beginning to create a space where I could be and live. Father Christian was actually advised not to take the name Christian during his first visit to St. Meinrad. It's funny, though, because when I came on my first vocation visit, the then vocation director, he, out of the blue, you know, says, if you ever come to St. Meinrad, don't take the name Christian. And I said, why? And he said, well, some names are cursed. And we've had a couple people with that name uh, leave the community. And so, you know, you want to take a name of somebody who's never left. To top it all off, those two guys had four-letter last names that started with R. And my last name is four letters and starts with R. And anyway, I ultimately just said, I'm not going to be superstitious and let something like that stop me from asking for this name. So I went ahead and did. And I haven't left, so (laughs) 15 years. So I I think maybe I have uh, salvaged the name from from its cursed state. (laughs) Since the name was supposedly curse, why did Father Christian still want to ask for it? He was named Dan before he came to St. Meinrad. But Christian was his middle name. I really liked the idea that it was a name that I had always had, but by which I had never been known. And there was a kind of parallel there to to my sense of vocation, that my vocation is something I've always had, but had not yet been known by. And of course, the name Christian means follower of Christ. And so uh, I really liked that it would you know, call me to follow Christ. Just the meaning of the word follower of Christ meant a lot to me. Father Christian submitted his name because of the meaning follower of Christ. He then had to choose a patron saint. The one that I chose was a 12th century Irish monk uh, who became a bishop. And I like that. He is somebody who brought together the ideals of monasticism with, you know, priesthood and ecclesiastical service by being both a monk and a bishop. He chose a saint, Christian O'Connorkey, whose name ironically sounds similar to the two monks who founded St. Meinrad. Christian O'Connorkey, and I found myself one day thinking about that name, and it started to sound familiar, and I, I couldn't figure out why, and then it dawned on me that the two first monks of St. Meinrad were Ulrich Christian and Bede O'Connor. And I thought that was so neat that my patron saint, his name actually brought together the two first monks of St. Meinrad. We heard from Father Matteo at the beginning of this episode. His story is unique because he has had many names throughout his life. He grew up in the Philippines and was baptized Emmanuel. In the Philippines, everyone would have a um, nickname. And so my nickname growing up, at least in my mother's side of the family, was Noel. Uh, but in school, I was always Emmanuel. And, you know, I got tired of being called Emmanuel in school. And so by the time I got to college, I wanted to go by Noel. When Father Mateo came to the United States in 2001, 
he decided to only go by Noel. That worked out for him until he came to St. Meinrad to study for the priesthood for the Diocese of Lexington. And we have our father, Noel Mueller, here uh, in the seminary. And so to avoid any confusion, I decided to go by Noel so that people would be able to distinguish us. And Noel has a certain kind of uh, uh, je ne sais quoi, a certain kind of um, pizzazz to it. So I said, I'll go by Noel. So I went by Noel, and even when I was a priest in the Diocese of Lexington for 10 years, people knew me as Father Noel. Our custom at St. Meinrad is that men entering the monastery go by their baptismal name. But when Father Matteo entered the monastery, he was already known at St. Meinrad as Father Noel, spelled N-O-E-L. Father Noel actually wanted to keep his name, but Father Noel Mueller already had it. So... Each night when we have our evening meal, when we have dinner, the reader reads the necrology, a passage from the rule, but he also reads um, about the saint whose feast we'll be celebrating the next day. Father Matteo is talking about our custom of table reading during supper. Every evening, a monk reads aloud while the community eats. We talk more about this custom in episode 17 of our podcast, titled Word with a capital W. A lot of times we would hear all of these weird names. And when I was a novice, the other junior monks would kind of turn to me. It's like, mm, that's a good name, you know, uh, Eberhard <laughs> or uh, something, something nice like, let's say, Anselm, you know, it's like, hmm. And, and I keep on asking myself, can I see myself as an Anselm? No. Or an Eberhard? Certainly not, you know. And so... I was thinking, how do anyone come up with names? In Father Matteo's family, names are not repeated. So he was looking for a name that had never been used in his family. And finally, during his first Christmas vigil mass at St. Meinrad, the name Matteo came to him. When Father Matteo was working in a parish for the Diocese of Lexington, his favorite mass of the year was Christmas vigil. He really enjoyed the energy of the families and the children. I was feeling kind of parish sick, you know, a little homesick, and I was yearning for that kind of energy uh, that the parish has on Christmas Vigil. And here I was in the Arch Abbey Church, and it's a very different kind of energy. And right there, we were supposed to have the gospel for the Christmas Vigil Mass. And the gospel for the Christmas Vigil Mass is also my favorite gospel. It is the genealogy of Jesus, which, of course, most priests and deacons just hate because it's a list of names that nobody know how to pronounce. But I've always been fascinated by it, and uh, I just love this uh, reminder of how God has been faithful through every generation. At the Christmas Vigil Mass in the Arch Abbey Church, we chant the gospel. That year... Father Jeremy, Father Tobias, and Brother John Mark were proclaiming the gospel. It was like hearing this gospel for the first time, and I was mesmerized by it. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, you know, this is such a gift. My favorite gospel being proclaimed in this way. Uh, and, and finally, once we got to that pinnacle, the, the, that gospel ends with the prophecy from Isaiah. The virgin shall 
conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, which is my baptismal name. And at that moment, you know, a light bulb uh, went on and I thought to myself, that is the name, not Emmanuel. But basically, since this gospel was from Matthew, I thought Matthew is my name. But I wanted to make it, you know, Philippinize it, since I'm originally from the Philippines, I wanted to, to, to take on the name Mateo. Father Mateo says even though he's been known by different names, he still had to go through the transition of getting used to his new name. Some of the students were calling me, hey, Father Noel. Uh, I said, who? That person is dead now. This is the new me. <laughs> you know, I'm Father Mateo. So it's a, it's a very great reminder, really, of the kind of a new life that I have embraced. Every monk has a story behind their monastic name. We hope you enjoyed hearing a couple of them in today's episode. We couldn't fit all of the stories we gathered in this episode, so Father Noel, Brother Francis, Brother Stanley, and Brother Colby will tell their stories in a shorter episode set to release next week. Our editor and producer is Krista Hall. This episode came together with the help of Mary Jean Schumacher, Tammy Sheeter, Jim Paquette, Christian Mozek, Brother Joel Blaze, and myself, Brother Colby Wolnikowski. Brother Joel wrote and produced the music you heard in this episode. We also want to say thank you to Archabbot Kurt Stasiak, Father Dennis Robinson, Father Harry Hagen, Father Christian Rabb, Brother Francis Wagner, Father Noel Mueller, Brother Stanley Wagner, Father Matteo Zamora, and Brother Colby for sharing the stories behind your names. We have a couple of pictures in the blog post for the episodes of some of the monks with an item that symbolizes their name or patron saint. There's a picture of me with a Polish coin. You'll have to go check it out and listen to next week's episode to find out why. The web address is stminerad.edu slash echoes. If you're enjoying our podcast, share it with a friend, and don't forget to check back next week to hear more stories behind our monastic names. And I thought it would be nice to have as my voicemail, you know, this is QZ, I'm busy, leave a message. Um, Well, apparently the abbot was not very impressed with that (laughs) story.